Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of deals, mergers and acquisitions. I'm Ed Hammond, Senior Deals Reporter at Bloomberg, and joining me today is Robert Langreth, the Senior Healthcare Reporter here at Bloomberg. Uh, Robert, we're here today to discuss a deal that was announced yesterday, Monday, uh, a huge deal. This is CVS buying the health insurer Aetna for about 68 billion dollars. Uh, it's a very interesting deal in terms of this, the sort of structure, which is really putting two different kind of companies together, what we would call a vertical merger. So you have on the one hand CVS, which we obviously know for its health, uh, its sort of pharmaceutical stores. And on the other hand, you have Aetna, which is one of the country's biggest health insurers. Why are they merging? Uh, CVS, which has both you know 9,700 drugstores and has uh, a very large drug benefits business, you know, both are as, as basically as big as it can get in those businesses alone, you know, can't really do any other giant deals in those businesses. And its main businesses are facing potential, you know, pressure, especially uh, if Amazon.com uh, gets into the pharmacy business, which it's rumored to be thinking about. Uh, so that could uh, generate even more pressure. So, you know, if you're CVS, you know, what do you do for long-term growth? Well, they're looking to kind of expand their suite of services and go into adjacent businesses. And one of the areas that CVS has long been interested in uh, is these minute clinics they have, which offer sort of limited basic medical services. And they want to essentially, under this deal with Aetna, you know, greatly kind of expand those and expand the range of services offered. And the 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 selling point, they're saying this is kind of like a new front door for healthcare, and the envision is people increasingly, you know, coming to the stores, the clinics at the stores for, you know, a greater range of at least the, the basic offerings uh, in healthcare. And that's kind of the long-term plan. But you're right, there's not a lot, a huge amount of, quote, synergies and overlap in this deal. It really is about stacking um, different parts of the healthcare, you know, chain on top of each other. And if you look at the figures in Wall Street, there is some skepticism about this deal. And it's still, you know, trading a fair amount, 13, 14% uh, below the deal value announced deal value. So, you know, and this is likely to have a, uh, could have a lengthy uh, regulatory review. Now, that's interesting. As you say, look, this is trading, I think we look at, and now it's trading about 180, which is what, $27 below the, the current offer price. So, why is there this huge spread on the deal? Because it doesn't seem to me instinctively like there would be that much regulatory review if there's, you know, if these are two sort of very opposing businesses and there's not that well, much. It is, it is a, a massive vertical merger and it really depends on, you know, it's not clear which regulator is going to get it, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission or the Department of Justice. You know, the, the Federal Trade Commission historically uh, recently has done like deals with drugstores and drug benefit managers, but the Justice Department has done most of the recent deals among insurers and it's blocked, you know, some of, some of the recent deals, including Aetna's last attempt to emerge with another insurer. We saw a wave blocked because we saw Aetna yeah. blocked with uh, Humana. We saw Anson block with Cigna, and those were sort of that was an industry at that point trying to go from what five to three, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So both of those are blocked. So, yeah, so then Aetna couldn't merge with another insurer. So that's the other reason why, you know, Aetna, you know, sought this out. And so, so the question is, you know, if it were to go to the Justice Department, well, the Justice Department has done something very interesting recently. They, you know, historically, uh, these vertical deals, they've been kind of viewed as posing less anti competitive risk and, you know, mergers of direct competitors. And so, what the quote remedy has been is they've let these generally, you know, let these things through, but they may impose some kind of behavioral conditions, conditions like on the operating conditions going forward, you know, you won't do this to restrict competition, but we'll let it, we'll let it happen. But the Justice Department recently, just uh, last month, sued to block you know AT and T Time Warner deal, which is what's that? That's another 
prime example of a vertical deal, and the, and the Justice Department's head antitrust person has, you know, has said that he doesn't believe in these kind of behavioral remedies, you know, doesn't think that Justice Department regulators should get into, like, being regulatory police. Uh, now, the question is, what does this mean? You know, uh, is this AT&T Time Warner thing, you know, a sign of things to come? Or is it really, you know, about Trump's opposition to a CNN as a political aspect? And no one, you know, really knows for sure. So if this, you know, be riskier for CVS Aetna if this goes to the Justice Department, because that would throw in that wild card. And what did the big competitors of CVS think about this? Where is Walgreens, for instance, who obviously, you know, they are a huge competitor of CVS and uh, potentially the only other like-for-like company that can consider a deal of this size? Yeah, no, that's a good question. And uh, this deal, I, I would imagine, certainly would put you know pressure on all sorts of other competitors to reconsider uh, their strategy. I mean, of course, Walgreens, they just had you know their big deal to buy Rite Aid. Well, they weren't allowed to buy all of Rite Aid, and it was whittled down. They're buying about 1,900 Rite Aid stores. So they're still in the process of doing that. Uh, that went through, but the deal with that deal was smaller than they hoped. Uh, and so, yeah, maybe they could do something else. I mean, the CEO of Walgreens... Stefano Piscina, he's uh, said various things on this kind of idea. On the, on the one hand, he, he said uh, during a call at one point, he thought, you know, any kind of, you know, vertical, vertical integration is good. And then at another point, when we earlier this year, Bloomberg, we asked him point blank about, you know, would you buy a drug benefit manager like uh, like Express Scripts? And he said he doesn't, he doesn't want to buy a drug, drug benefit manager, you know, right now. So, uh, you know, it's not clear, you know, what Walgreens, you know, is going to do going forward. It already has a strong alliance with one of the biggest privately held Drug Benefits Managers, Prime Therapeutics, uh, which is, does the drug plans for many of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield plans across the country. So it already has kind of a lot of uh, kind of joint ventures and alliances uh, in a vertical way. So it's it's not totally clear whether they'd be willing right now to do another big big outright deal or whether, whether Walgreens would, would just want to kind of expand uh, alliances and partnerships and joint ventures short of a big deal. And what does, what does CVS get from this? What's the sort of immediate plug-in value of having something like Edna? Is this just a, a more efficient way of them getting their product to market? Uh, well, that's, you know, that's a question I think people are asking. You know, they're saying, you know, there's some amount of synergies and I guess an accretion in the second year. But, uh, you know, really, I mean, this, you know, kind of is a long-term play about kind of the future of healthcare. Is the future of healthcare going to be these big, you know, combined vertical companies? You could say United Healthcare is a little bit like this already because it has, it has clinics and it has insurance and it has OptumRx, which is one of the biggest drug benefit managers. So it is and so this deal would take those three things and add in drugstores. Yeah, is this healthcare gonna become, you know, combined giant companies with a wide array of services? Uh that's a possibility that this deal seems to be hinting towards. I want to come back to Amazon. We love Amazon on this show. We seem to talk about it every single week. It's the reason why for every deal, and even if you look at the deals that seem to be coming apart, AT&T, Time Warner, Amazon is being cited as you know one of this sort of universe of, of new companies that have come along and disrupted the old order, and therefore you know these vertical mergers should be allowed through. But in this case, they you know to some extent, CVS. The argument is that. They're under pressure from Amazon because Amazon may or may not get into this space. And as we've seen in the grocery space, if they do decide to get in, they can disrupt it very, very quickly. How real is that threat? Or is this just a sort of an excuse that everyone is now hanging out there as a reason for doing deals? Well, you know, every time anyone, us or anyone else, does a incremental story on Amazon and the possibility that they will or won't get into the pharmacy business, you know, the stocks of all these companies seem to move a lot. It's fairly, you know, astonishing, you know, how sensitive uh, they are. 
uh, the, the drug supply chain stocks too, like what Amazon may or may not do. And there's been a lot of stories out there, and Amazon hasn't said what they're doing, but they certainly haven't denied they're interested in it. So which I think has just you know kept the speculation and talk going. I mean, it's certainly for Amazon, it is a logical area for them to try to get in because you know drugs are light, they're easy to send, so it's amenable to mail order, and it's one of the biggest you know retail markets they're not in right now. So, but it's a harder area to get in than than groceries or anything because you know of the regulatory restrictions. You need you're going to need like 50 state pharmacy licenses. It's not unless you buy that the company that already has it. It's not instantaneous, but it's a logical area long term for them to try to get into. And certainly, you know, they could, there's been a lot, prior to the talk about Amazon, there's been a lot of talk and concern uh, that, you know, there's in the drug distribution chain, chain, there are all these middlemen, each of them take markups and just it's adding up to too much. There's too many people, there's been concern among critics, that there's just too many people taking three, four, five percent markups on really expensive drugs all along the way, or even bigger markups and generic drugs, and it's just adding up to too much on you know, what is, you know, three or four hundred billion dollar drug bill that we have already. And so it's already been pressure to squeeze down those margins at the pharmacy and at the drug benefit manager level. And, you know, if Amazon were to come in, that's one thing they're known for. Is there a possibility that we could see Amazon come in sort of as you hinted at there through an acquisition? Could they come in potentially and buy, you know, a CVS or could they come? I mean, potentially even a Walgreens. There seems very little in the world that Amazon couldn't buy if, if it were minded to do so. Well, Amazon, you know, certainly could buy something, you know, one thing that would help if it were going to buy something, we'd buy some chain that had a lot of pharmacy licenses, we need that. Uh, and that would doesn't necessarily have to be. So they, you know, the things that it's been speculated that Amazon could buy are just like, we could spend a half hour just listing the possibilities. Uh, uh, so, you know, everything from a drug benefit manager like Express Scripts. Now, Express Scripts is interesting because they're the kind of the last remaining big independent uh, drug benefit manager, you know, they don't do other stuff. They don't have, you know, drugstores other than their, other than their mail order drugstores. So there's a lot of, and they just are losing their biggest health insurance customers. So, you know, what are they going to do? And they've, you know, been open to a partnership with uh, Amazon. They publicly said they're, you know, willing to entertain that. And they've also, you know, not ruled out the possibility that if, hey, an insurer came in and wanted to buy them at a good price, they, they'd consider that. They're not looking for a big deal, but they said they'd consider that. And so certainly what is the future of Express Scripts? Because they'd be the last remaining big drug benefit manager that, that, that's not really allied with insurance company. And would get a potential acquirer access to, as you say, those sort of state-by-state licenses that you would need if you were going to grow quickly mm-hmm. in this space. Yeah. So, as so often on Deal of the Week, all eyes on Amazon and what they do next. That's it for this week's episode. You can expect more Bloomberg reporters and M&A professionals who are doing deals in real time. Until then, you can find us on the Bloomberg Terminal and on Bloomberg.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or on any app you can use to listen to podcasts. And take a minute while you're there to rate and review the show. You can find me on Twitter at EdHammondNY. You can find Robert at Robert Langreth. Our producer is Sarah Patterson, and Francesca Levy is head of podcasts. 